Would you please turn with me to your study outlines? And uh, as you're turning, let me welcome those of you that are watching online. We are so glad that you are with us in our study this morning. And also, for those of you at Purpose Church, uh, the hangar in Montana, we are so glad that you are joining us uh, here today as well for the study of God's Word. Now, before we even get into this, I want to kind of set the stage, and it's going to seem a little bit random, okay? So the next five minutes is going to seem like what does that have to do with prayer? It's going to be a seem a bit random, but I think you'll see the purpose of it by the end of it, and then it'll launch us into our discussion of prayer. First of all, Psalm 19, verses 1 through 3. Let's put that up there. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. So the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. Okay, let's review seventh grade science class. Speed of, speed of light, 186,000 miles per second, 11.6 million miles per min, minute, uh, 669,600,000 miles per hour, 5.88 trillion miles per year. And then Isaiah 40, verse 26. The Bible says, look to the heavens, who created all of these? Now, I want to show you some pictures from the Hubble telescope. And you can go online and see these at Hubble site, H-U-B-B-L-E, site, S-I-T-E dot org. Uh, the first one is our galaxy. This is our home, the Milky Way galaxy. You could count one star like our sun every second. And if you did that, it would take you 2,500 years to count all the stars just in our galaxy. And yet it is one of hundreds of billions of galaxies. Now, even though the universe is so humongous, God cares about what goes on right here on our planet. Uh, he cares about the number of hairs on your head. And some of us, like Pastor Jarrett and me, make this easier on God than others, okay? Uh, by the way, Pastor Jarrett, he's here, and Christina, she must be so pregnant right now. I mean, the due date's today. Oh, there she is right there. Okay, I'm not going to make you stand up. That would be really mean, Pastor. But at any rate, yes, a, a woman that's pregnant on that day, do not provoke her in any way uh, necessary. So at any rate, Christina, here you are in church, and your due date is today. That is, uh, we, we love Christina LaMaster, I'll tell you. But he, he, he cares uh, when a sparrow dies. When a sparrow dies on that planet, even though the universe is so huge, he takes note of that. He cares about it. Psalm 8, verses 3 and 4. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you're mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? Uh, our solar system compared to the Milky Way. When you compare just our solar system to the Milky Way, it's the same as a quarter placed on the continent of North America. We'll put North America up there. You put a quarter on North America, that's our solar system compared uh, to our galaxy. Our sun is 93 million miles away. Uh, it takes eight minutes for light to get from our sun uh, to us. It's 100 times the diameter of the earth. Uh, now you'll see that it's 11,000 degrees. That's the surface of the sun. Um, this is the statistic I love. Seven million years of the United States GNP, the gross national product. It would take seven million years of our nation's GNP to run the sun for one second. That's what it would take. Seven million of our GNP to run the sun for just one second. Here's another star. Uh, 600 light years from Earth. It's called the Battle Geese Star. It's a thousand times the size of our sun. 
Here's another one called the Vela Pulsar, which is beautiful. And then the next one is called the Ring Nebula, for obvious reasons there. It's 2,000 light years away. It's a dying star, and it's one light year, 5.88 trillion miles across. The next one is the Hourglass Nebula. We'll put that uh, up there with that creepy-looking eye looking at you from the universe. Uh, then the Pillars of Creation. These are just absolutely gorgeous. The next one there. Uh, 6,500 light years uh, from us. Each pillar is four light years long. That's how long each of these pillars are, and the pillars are 6,500 light years away. Then the stellar spire is another beautiful one from the Hubble. 9.5 light years or 57 trillion miles high. That's how high these spires, the stellar spire is. The next one is called giant twisters. We'll put that one up there, the giant twisters. And then a giant star that exploded is the next one, 160,000 light years away. The next one is called the Bard Spiral Galaxy. We'll put that one up there. And it is referred to by scientists as a grand design galaxy because it doesn't seem random. It seems perfectly designed. And so even secular atheist scientists describe these categories of galaxies as a grand design galaxy. The next one is a sombrero galaxy, for obvious reasons there. Uh, 28 million light years from Earth. 50,000 light years across. You could fit 800 billion of our suns into it. And then the Whirlpool Galaxy. It's another one called a Grand Design Galaxy. It's 31 million light years away. Now, let's hold off Pete for the, for the next slide, just, just for a moment. Now, if we zoom into the center of this, what we're going to look at is still 1,000 light years across. But I just think this is so cool, so awesome. Let's go to the center of it now. Let's just zoom in. This is 31 million light years away. It's 1,000 light years across. God's been hiding that there for us to find all this time. Notice how similar it looks to today's graphic. Uh, not the pray part, but the, uh, the, the cross part. Uh, I tell you, months ago, I, I knew we were going to use this graphic for the prayer musical. I knew I was going to do this stuff from the Hubble, but I never realized you know, how similar the two were uh, until uh, today. Then let's, put, let's superimpose Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 3 across this. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Now, you say, Glenn, what's the point of all this? Here's the point of all this. After looking at all those pictures from the Hubble, as to the vastness and the beauty of our universe. And knowing that our God created that, he holds it all in place. If that is true, let me ask you a question. Can God handle that doctor's appointment you've got tomorrow morning? If he's gonna handle all that, can God handle that D that you just got in math class last semester? Can he handle that? Um, can God handle the bills that are sitting on your dining room table when you get home after church today? If God can handle all that, can he handle the stuff that we're worried about today? 
So that's what we're going to launch into. Pray seven things God does when you pray and what your prayers can do for others. Now, first of all, how to pray for people. James 5 says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You say, oh, Glenn, I got a problem here. Not a righteous person. That's so nice for them, but not nice for me. Here's the thing. You pray in Jesus' name. You open your heart to Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then when you pray in Jesus' name, then it is in his righteousness, he's the righteous person that makes your prayers powerful and effective. Now, why pray for others? Mark 9. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? Talking about a demon and a child there. He replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. There are some things, the Bible says, that only happen through prayer. So we're going to look at seven things that God does when you pray. And then I've asked seven people to come up here and to pray after each one of these. So we talk about it for a couple minutes, and then we pray about it. First of all, your prayers can help set someone free. Uh, Acts 12, verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And you can read the rest of the story, how God got him out, because the church was praying. And you know, one of my my favorite ministries here is Celebrate Recovery. It is just an awesome ministry. And and the beautiful thing about in a church or in a Christian context to have Celebrate Recovery is is what happens is you not only work the 12 steps like you can do in any 12-step program, and 12 steps is fabulous in any program, Christian or non-Christian, but we have the added advantage of being able to have the resources of prayer to set people free. So we can work the 12 steps, but then we can pray to the God that created all that universe in order to set that person free. So Matt, I'm going to have you come up and grab the microphone here. And uh, right now I want you to think of somebody in your life, maybe it's an area where you need to be set free, or somebody in your life that, that right now needs to be set free. So either another person or an area in your life Matt, pray for us. Father God, um, we just thank you for the freedom that you provide us in Lord Jesus Christ. And in Romans 8, um, you tell us that the law of the spirit of life has set us free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And I pray right now um, for that freedom, Lord, uh, for the freedom in our own lives and for freedom in other people's lives, uh, our friends, our family, our loved ones, um, that you would just free us and them from that so that we can Um, fully embrace you, and uh, live the life that you really desire for us. May the chains of bondage be broken. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Great. You know, Matt, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do their prayer from their phone here in church. You young people today, you, oh, you young people, you know, that's right, that's right. You attorneys, you these lawyers, you know, that, that was great. Thank you. Number two, uh, what can God do when you pray? He can contribute to a peaceful society. Okay, 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, and all those in authority. Now, just a reminder, a little Bible trivia time, who was the emperor when he prayed, he wrote these particular words? Anybody tell me? Nero. The most, the worst leader in history. You know what that tells me? Even, you can pray for a person even if you didn't vote for him, okay? Even if you didn't vote for him, you're supposed to. I mean, nobody voted for Nero back then, and I guarantee if they were a democracy, he would not be in office. But even if you didn't vote for the person, 
Okay, whatever, governor, legislator, senator, congressman, president, anything. Uh, You're supposed to pray, we're supposed to pray for kings and all those in authority. Why? So that we can live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness. And then the verse got cut off there. It says, and holiness. And so right now, um, uh, I want you to think of a country. Um, United States, Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, Israel, Palestine, Syria, or, or some, some other country, okay? I guess nobody's going to be praying for Switzerland, you know. It's like they got the peace going on. But Tina, come on up right now. And right now, think of a, think of a country, okay, that needs to have a peaceful society so that Christ can be shared, so people can live in peace and share Jesus with other people. Think of that country as Tina prays right now. Heavenly Father, Prince of Peace, As hatred and anger and discourse rule our world, there are so many different areas that we could pray for. We could pick a country every second of every day and pray for that. And it becomes overwhelming sometimes to even think that world peace is a possibility. So, Lord, I just want you to understand that world peace starts right here in our hearts and in our minds. And it leaks out into our homes and our cities and our states to our leaders in our country and from our country let us be a beacon of peace so that we can show peace and others can see that that's the way to go so lord when world peace is overwhelming lord when we cry for the children in africa when we just ache for the women in countries that are so opposed when we feel the 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 effects of human trafficking and and every other thing that causes this discourse in our world help us to understand that it starts with us and Lord let us just say let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me Amen, thanks Tina, that was beautiful Okay, number three when we pray for others it it can protect others from temptation now before we go to the next page of our study outline just a challenge that we need to persevere in prayer. How many of you have been praying for something for a long time and you're kind of getting tired of praying about it, okay? You kind of wish God had come through on it. Well, you gotta persevere. Sometimes it happens in minutes, sometimes in weeks or months, but sometimes years, sometimes even in decades. And let me give you just like a perfect illustration of don't give up. Um, I didn't see the game. I just, I was working here at the church, so I had it on the radio in the background. But how many, anybody see game six of the Miami uh, Spurs? Okay. So here we are. The Spurs, the Miami, it's in Miami. The game's in Miami. They're down three games to two. So they're within one game of being, not being, defending their NBA championship. There's 20 seconds left, and, and San Antonio is up by five points with 20 seconds left. Does it look gloomy for Miami? Absolutely. And so what happened is a bunch of fans left to get their cars in the parking lot to get first out so they could head out of there. All of a sudden they hear that the game, you know, miraculously, Miami scores five points, ends regulation tied, wins it in overtime, goes on to win game seven and repeat as NBA champions. They hear that, they try to get back into the stadium to their $500 seats that they paid for. The doors are locked, they can't get back in. They gave up before they should have. Okay, that thing you're praying about, it may be 
20 seconds left and you're down five points in game six. Don't give up until your dying breath, your prayer can still influence things in your world. Don't give up. No matter how dismal it looks, hang in there and persevere. So the third thing that happens when you pray is you can protect others from temptation. Next page of your study outline, Luke 22. Simon, Simon, that's the other name for Peter, Jesus said. Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Now, this is so interesting. Because Jesus knew he was going to fail, even as he prayed that he wouldn't fail. He says, I pray that your faith not, may not fail. And when you've turned back, that is after you failed, strengthen your brothers. So be encouraged. You know, the thing is, it's not that Peter never failed. It's that he got back up again once he failed. And we can pray to protect people from temptation. Or we can pray that, that God will help them get back up on their feet once they've been knocked down by temptation. So Kim, come on up right now. And uh, by the way, this is all the people that had the misfortune of being talking here an hour after church was over. You'll see all the people that still visit an hour afterwards because then I ran around. Hey, will you pray? Hey, will you pray? Will you pray? So bolt out of here unless you want to be caught uh, doing this, okay, and not able to say no to the pastor. Think of a person right now that's facing temptation in their life or think of a temptation that you're facing in your life. And Kim, why don't you pray for us? Heavenly Father, we just come before you and we realize that you have a desire for us to succeed temptation, Lord. And we just know that you're with us um, through every trial and temptation. But Lord, we just ask that you um, help us to remember to be accountable to each other and support each other, Lord, and that we can come before you and intercede on your behalf um, for those around us that are struggling, Lord. And we just pray for those that have struggled with temptation and failed, Lord, that you will just um, remind us to come beside them and to lift them up and not to um, have judgment, Lord, but just to continue to pray and to lift up each other and encourage each other in the true body of Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Kim. Appreciate that. Now, number four, fourth thing your prayers can do is can help people make an impact in ministry. Now, we're not just talking about pastors, although Oh boy, do we appreciate your prayers. Please pray for your pastors. We, we live on that. But I'm talking everybody that's serving God. Um, you know, think, think of somebody who's serving in children's ministry right now. Or somebody doing parking patrol right now. Or somebody that's going to pass out clothes at clothing ministry on Tuesday morning. Or somebody that was here yesterday at the homeless ministry. Or somebody that's going to tutor kids after school. Or, or, or work with the youth of our area. Basketball camp is this upcoming week. Let's pray for those and all the scores of kids from our neighborhood. They're going to be out here playing basketball this next week. You know, just think of anybody that's serving in any conceivable way. Don't just think of pastors. Think of anybody. Think of yourself in the areas where you serve, and we can pray for people to make an impact in ministry. Uh, Romans 15, pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea, so pray for protection, and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there. Pray for protection and pray for effectiveness. Paul was collecting uh, money from the wealthier uh, Greco-Roman uh, churches around the Roman Empire because uh, Judea and Palestine was going through a famine right then. So he was collecting money from the wealthier churches like Ephesus, Corinth, um, you know, some of those churches that were in wealthier areas of the Roman Empire to help out the, the ones in Palestine because they had just had this famine. 
So we pray for protection and we pray for effectiveness. So Joanne, come on up right now. And right now, just think of a person in ministry, okay? Think of somebody in ministry, somebody serving God in some capacity, serving God or other people, and pray for them as Joanne leads us. Go for it. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now with humble hearts, Lord, and um, we just thank you so much for all the gifts and the talents that you have bestowed upon each and every one of us, Lord. Um, And we just come to you and we pray, Lord, that um, wherever we may be at, God, with our ministry, Lord, that um, you would protect us, Lord, from the things of this world that try to tear us down, Lord, that when we feel distraught or when we feel like we just need to give up, God, that um, we would put on your shield, Lord, and that we would be empowered through you, God. Um, And I pray for effectiveness, Lord, that the people that you want to hear your word, Lord, um, that we may reach through them, God, and that we may break barriers, Lord, and that we may be transparent, Lord, and that they would only see you, God. Amen. Thanks, Joanne. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Number five, you can pray. Your prayers can lead people to understand spiritual things. How many of you have a friend or a family member that no matter how much you you, kind of share about Jesus, it just seems like you know, they, they just can't see it. You got anybody like that in your life? And you're just like, oh my goodness. You know, I, I just, I pray that they would be able to see and understand spiritual things. Paul writes in Ephesians once, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So John, come on up and now think of a person, a friend or a family member that you just want to be able to understand spiritual things. Or maybe they're following Jesus, but you want them to understand them more deeply. And so, John, why don't you lead us in prayer uh, for those people that we're concerned about, for ourselves, that we'll have a deeper understanding as well. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, just pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you would uh, give us uh, that ability, Father God, to understand and to know the deep spiritual things that you have for our lives. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us each and every day, Father, that we would dedicate that time to prayer and to your word so that we may understand the things that you have for our lives. I pray, God, that you would um, be with us daily and uh, help us to um, have our hearts opened up and our minds opened up to the words and to the promises that you have for us, God. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, John. Appreciate that. And then number six, our prayers can help people make spiritual commitments. We can pray for people that they'll make commitments either to a deeper walk with Christ or to come to Christ. Ephesians 3. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. You know, the Greek Stoics, uh, this is the way they would describe the totality of the universe to the degree that they understood it. Just like we saw the Hubble telescope and we get that picture of the universe. Well, the way the Greek Stoics would describe the totality of the size of the universe to the extent that they understood it, they said, how wide, long, high, and deep. That's what the phrase they would use. And so we believe that Paul might be borrowing from the Greek Stoics the same phrase here. How big is the love of Christ? How wide, long, high, and deep is the love of Christ? And it can help 
people make spiritual commitments. You know, for those of you that are, or have children or grandchildren, I just kind of put these in there, some great suggestions for how to pray for your children. And I won't go through all of them, but let me just highlight a few of these to, to pray for our kids or the, or the children, even if you don't have children, the children of our congregation, the young adults of our church family. I love number three, and you're going to see a young man on a clip here. They went around interviewing kids from our church about what their parents pray for them about, and then parents what they pray for their children about, and they got some really great answers. And one is pray that they'll be caught when guilty. And one little guy you're going to see here in a minute, just one young guy, he says, yeah, I pray, my parents pray that I'll get caught when I'd be guilty. I got to um, tease my son here. That was my son, John, that was just up here praying. And, um, and, and John, John drives faster than I do. And this has been a concern of mine, okay? As a matter of fact, John was on a missions trip in Mexico this, this uh, weekend. And he made it from the, the border of Mexico here this morning in order to be here in time to pray. John, I'm just going to ask you in God's house before God's people, did you, did you keep it under the speed limit the whole way? You know, you can be struck dead if you say the wrong answer. I don't even want to know the answer. Let me just tell you something that happened to John. So, so we pray, you know, Kimberly and I, this is the thing we pray for our kids is God, just anything that doesn't kill them is, is good. Okay. As you go through the young adult years, you want to have fender benders and stuff like that because they teach you the power of a car before it does serious damage. I remember our daughter, Abby, when she had first got her license, she's here in the parking lot and she's driving out. She waves to a friend and plows into a car right in front of her here. I'm, I'm so glad that happened. Sorry if it was your car. I, I do apologize for that. But, but you know, I was glad because a fender bender showed her the power of a, of a car without it doing lasting damage. Well, my son, John, uh, he's a chef, and he went to the Cordon Blue School in, in Pasadena, the chef school there. And uh, Andrew Murphy, and you remember Andrew and Jarity, they always sat right back here at 1111. They've moved up. He's a police officer. He was with CHP, and he got a job up in Northern California, so they're not here anymore. But Andrew Murphy, the policeman used to camp at this certain spot, because in chef school, you have to be on time. It's like huge because everything about doing meals is, is, you know, being on time. And so it's like ruthless, worse than any other school is chef school about being on time. So the police officers would camp at this certain spot because they knew all the chefs in making would be speeding to get to their class on time. And so here comes John speeding, pulls him over, you know, writes him a ticket, walks back, looks at the information, turns to his partner and goes, oh no. He goes, I just gave a ticket to my pastor's son. You know, I am in so much trouble with God. You know, no, 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 no. I was so happy about that. That was fantastic. You know, any of you police officers here, stalk him, okay? Just, just, just stalk him. Keep him under the limit. Um, uh, number seven, pray that they'll desire the right kind of friends and be protected from the wrong friends, you know, our friends have such influence on the life of our children. Now, be, now, I want to, on the other hand, talk out the other side of my mouth. Parents, don't despair. We tend to believe the lie that we no longer have influence after a certain age. Do you know that every study has shown that parents are still the most influential person in their young adults' lives? So don't give up on that. But we still pray for their friends because their friends have huge influence. Uh, number nine, pray that they'll be kept from the wrong mate and saved for the right one. Now, not everybody's called to be married. And as a matter of fact, God's ideal in the scripture is to be single. That's his ideal. I mean, think about it. The founder of our faith, Jesus, 
and the launcher of our faith, Paul, were both single adults. So God's ideal is singleness. He says you can serve him best as a single adult. But if God does call on you to be married, we pray for our children, that they'll be kept from the wrong mate and saved for the right one. I remember my, um, my son, though, and by the way, my kids, every time I mention their name in a sermon, they get a dollar, so they're raking it in today. My, my son, Noah, had a little friend over when he was seven years old, Brian Evans, and here are these two seven-year-olds. Brian, his family's moved to Arizona since, but Brian and Noah had an overnight, and so I go in to pray with them before they go to bed, and, and I just you know, prayed all over him. And then, and then when I finished, I said, in Jesus' name, amen. And then Brian Evans, seven-year-old, said, and God, please give us godly wives. Please give us godly wives. And I just figured he had gotten that from somewhere, from his mother. Oh, God, give us godly wives. And if they're really hot, that would be okay, too. You know what I mean? Just godly wives, yeah. So, Kimberly and I love this verse from this song. When our kids were growing up, we loved it. It's, it's from years ago. I can't remember who did it. Somewhere in the world today, a little girl will go out to play, all dressed up in mama's clothes, at least the way that I suppose it goes. And somewhere in the world tonight, before she reaches to turn out the light, she'll be praying from a tender heart, a simple prayer that's a work of art. And I don't even know her name, but I'm praying for her just the same, that the Lord will write his name upon her heart, because somewhere in the course of this life, a little boy will need a godly wife. So hold on to Jesus, baby, wherever you are. And uh, so, at any rate, um, um, I tell you what, let's have the band come up now, because we want some time for worship at the end. Don't get too excited. You've got a few more minutes to go. So band, come on up. And Guillermo, Guillermo, would you come up right now? And, uh, and think now of, of some either your child or grandchild or some young adult or some child that you know of, and we're going to pray for them. But I want to show some of these examples. So we're going to just watch this clip, and then Guillermo, you pray. Okay? Go for it. My parents pray for me um, just to do well in school and just succeed and do my best in everything that I can. My grandma would pray for me, and she would pray that I would get my act together. Well, my mom prays for me. Um, she prays that I will find a good husband. To eat better food. Well, maybe that I'm safe at school and... Um, to come to know Jesus and to go to church and for me to love him. That I would always get caught. That um, actually, that whenever I get in trouble, that they would always find out what I did. Uh, we pray that he grows up to be healthy and safe, and most importantly, that he grows up to love Jesus and put him first always. So when they were young children, I guess you have this dream for what you think their life is going to be, but it turns out that God's dream for them is going to be something different from what we thought. We've really tried to focus in prayer on how God wants to use them with their special gifts and their special challenges. So if anything that has caused us to pray more and to really look for what God's will is for our children is um, really focusing on what He wants for them and not just what our dream is for them. Guillermo, lead us in Dear prayer. Heavenly Father, your word says that we would learn your word, put them in our hearts and our minds, tie them as symbols on our, our hands and bind them in our foreheads. Teach those words to our children, talking about them when you sit at home, when we walk along the road, when we lay, lie down, and we, when we get up. 
And Father, as we see our children growing, as a, as a father of two boys coming, becoming men now, Lord, I, I just lift up every single one of them, Father, to you. So their foundation can always be strong. So their upbringing can always be healthy and centered in you. So as they mature and grow, Lord, they can stay true to you, not to the world. Guide them, Lord. Give them your wisdom. Give them your humility. And Lord, so they can have a servant heart for them to serve your kingdom. For your glory and honor, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Guillermo. Appreciate that. One final one that our prayers can do. They can influence people to Christ. Philemon 1, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Matthew 9, Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, one final thing I want to just share is about activating our prayer life. And this is something that I found very practical and helpful, and I encourage you to do it too. You, I've told you guys how, what a worrier I am. I just, it's, it's a besetting sin for me. The sin of worry is, is something I struggle with. And something I've really found that has helped it is I keep a list of all my worries. Anything that I worry about, I keep like a diary of it. And then I go back like a month or six months later and realize, oh my goodness, that thing didn't happen. Didn't happen. Worried about this? 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 And after you've done that like a hundred or two hundred times, the little pea brain that I have all of a sudden goes, well, I wonder if the thing I'm worried about now won't happen. I mean, if for 100 or 200 times it hasn't happened, maybe the thing I'm worried about today won't happen. Oh, maybe God will take care of me and I, uh, without my worry. Well, I'm encouraging you to do the exact opposite of this. What you do is you make a list of those that you, you, you pray for, okay? Make a list of those things. And then, see, my, with my worry list, it's like when I see they don't happen, then that encourages me not to worry as much. But with our prayer list, you know what our problem is? Is we forget when they get answered. We just kind of move on. I do. Lord, please do this thing. He does it, and it's like, boy, that was lucky. Great, you know, you move on. No, but if you go back and you list your, what you're praying for and then make a record of how those prayers have been answered, all of a sudden the little pea brain that I have goes, oh, I wonder if God does answer prayer. Because lo and behold, I have a record of it and it encourages me to pray more because I've seen him answer those prayers. So Christy, come on up and uh, finish us off and back to praying for people that we want to influence for Christ. Think of somebody that you want to come to Jesus. Okay, somebody you just say, Lord, I really want to you or, or use me to influence them to Christ. Think of that person uh, as, uh, as Christy prays right now. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to be with you, Lord, and have that intimate conversation with you on a daily basis, Lord, and, and throughout the day, Lord. We just thank you so much for that opportunity to grow 
in our closeness with you, Lord. And we just specifically pray for those people that we can influence through prayer for you, Lord. There's so many people out there. You say that the, that the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few, Lord. We just pray that you make the workers just multiply and and just there's so many people out there that can be reached for you lord through prayer and we just pray that we put that into our daily prayer lives and that we can look at the people out there that need prayer and that need you lord and that we can just influence them to to you through prayer and through example and through reaching out and being those people to that they can come to and talk to lord and we just pray that we all can see the power of prayer in our daily lives and that we can see that there is not the need to worry for the specific things that we all worry about and that 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 maybe you do have this under control lord and and we just thank you for that reassurance and that um, opportunity to take these things to you lord and see the uh, concrete examples of answered prayer lord we just ask these things amen thanks christy that's great lord all these things we've just been praying about we place them before you. You said, casting all of our care on you because you care for us. So all these prayers we lift up to you now as a church family, and we pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.